0: Hello, and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Android podcasting apps, and now Spotify. The next eight episodes of The Aside come from Drama Victoria's mini conference 2019, Jumpstart, where Heidi Irvine is in conversation with Wesley Enoch about Indigenous perspectives through drama. These episodes were recorded at a live event, so the audio quality isn't as high as it usually is. This is part two of the eight-part series. If you have not listened to part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. This part is on the question, what does it mean to explore Aboriginal stories without stealing them?
1: Yeah, so I think that kind of is a nice, um, well done, nice segue um, mm-hmm. into uh, one of, so when we talk all of these questions, we had kind of, there's about 20 or 25, I think, questions that we got um, sent through. So I'm kind of just trying to shape the conversation so that we're answering as much as we can. And I'm happy to, um, Fiona, and we can share those questions out. Um, and if there is stuff that we miss, then hopefully this can be part of an ongoing conversation. So I'm just sort of trying to shape when we start um, going through things and what we're answering and what we're not. But we sort of started to look at it in four kind of themes, that there were sort of four main kind of ideas that kept coming through. And one of them um, leading on from that was questions that revolved a lot around that idea of colonization um, and we also talked about that idea of white splaining. So something that kind of happened last year. Last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, with STC, um, where um, and you can probably talk about the situation probably a little bit with more knowledge than um, than I have about it. But it was certainly, and this is the question. So I'm going to kind of pose the question, and we can kind of tie that in. But um, so. Uh, and now I've lost which question it was. So it's this idea of the person who's asked this question saying, I get confused by what seem to be contradictory messages. People uh, say that we should get kids to explore an Aboriginal story of the history of Australia, but I've also read about non-Indigenous playwrights who are accused of stealing Aboriginal narratives. When devising work with non-Indigenous kids, what does it mean to explore Aboriginal stories without stealing them? Mm. Um, so there's a nice big, fat, juicy question (laughs) there. And um, yeah, I thought when I read that question, that kind of came into my head because very much that, even that Secret River kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah, the
2: Secret River ones The 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 two stories, I think one is Long Forgotten Dream, where the playwright um, was invited by the Sydney Theatre Company to have his show put on, and that he requested Neil Armfield to direct it. Uh, It was then an all-Indigenous cast, Indigenous designer, Indigenous lighting designer, indigenous musicians, pretty much the room was full of um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait folk, but the director was a a, a non-indigenous man. And what happened was that uh, uh, there are a number of points of conflict. The writer himself, and this is my take on it, I don't know if this is true or not, but my take on it was the writer had a very old fashioned sense of writing, which was the writer completes the script and then the director puts it on stage and with all new works a more collaborative approach is often the case especially in australia our traditions are a lot more about integrating all the different interpretive levels and the the director and the performers would then go oh what if we changed this word to this what if we did this what if we added this visual image what if we did and kind of shifted the show um from its Literal sense in the writing to a more interpreted kind of, um, uh, more theatrical uh, execution. The writer was in the room for most of that situation and if I'm reading between the lines felt coerced or pressured to agree with what everyone else was in the room. The day after the opening night gave an interview with the newspaper basically slamming that whole process and saying that he was feeling marginalised and uh and and then there were some other kind of issues in there the secret river situation which is you know uh, almost a different point but again neil armfield was the director on that a non-indigenous writer based on a a, a script a a book by a non-indigenous writer um non-indigenous designer non-indigenous director musicians half the cast i don't know if people saw secret river you'll know you know half the cast was aboriginal and half the cast was non-Aboriginal, talking about the historical situation of um, the Hawkesbury River, et uh, etc., et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, the Indigenous cast spoke Durek, which is the lo- one of the local Sydney languages, um, and therefore, without translations, so are therefore very difficult for an audience to understand the nuance of the conversation being had. Um, Rachel Matter, who you know, lover was involved in some of the early workshops and then pulled out after time, going, this is not the work for for her. And there, there were a whole lot of conversations around that. In the end, my my position, in fact, I wrote a paper on this, uh, I think Currency House or Currency Press actually have it, where I was talking about this was a, a non-Indigenous history that couldn't be told without Aboriginal characters in it. It would be a, a falsehood to to write this play, to have the script without a non uh, without an indigenous presence, because it would it was it would have been kind of uneven. My point was, where is the indigenous story? Where's the flip side of that? Where is it that we don't understand the white people, and in fact, the Aboriginal people's story is being told? Uh, and this is a very fine point because. Um, uh, Andrew Bevel, uh who was the writer of the, the play script of Secret River, also wrote a piece called Holy Day. Mm-hmm. And if you read that, that's a really powerful, interesting thing. And he said something similar to that as well. And also, Hanny Rayson wrote a piece called Inheritance in a similar vein where mm-hmm. she's going, I can't actually tell the story of this landscape without Indigenous characters. How do I make, you know, how do we make uh, these characters valid in these environments? given that it would be a falsehood to talk about this landscape, this history, without these characters in it. Um, and this is one of those things about paralysis of integrity. I think it's better to go forward and then just keep adding to the conversation about it as well. Um, the The issue with Secret River is, I think that the debate that arised from it all almost blindsided the creatives in the team, even though there had been kind of signals along the way, they hadn't actually prepared themselves for yeah. what the discussion could be. And, and for me, ultimately, y- you, there is a historical truth. Oh, let's flip it around. For Aboriginal plays, let's say you talk about Jack Davis's work, um, uh, No Sugar, you can't tell that story without having A.O. Neville in it because A.O. Neville is a historical figure that had a huge impact on, and he, he was the protector of Aborigines in WA, um, and had a huge impact on Aboriginal society. And so he's an Aboriginal writer writing a non-Indigenous character, a little bit two-dimensional, I must admit, because it is a, a, a dramatic tool to tell the story of Aboriginal Australia. And in similar ways, I think that, that same right needs to be afforded non-Indigenous. Um, Writers to tell a historical perspective, to to express uh, uh, politics. The issue is that I think given the dearth of indigenous characters on stage, every writer, everyone has to absolutely honor the three dimensional, fourth dimensional kind of view of what that character might mean. Um, And with the Secret River situation, it was very interesting because they went through a huge process of talking to locals, getting language experts kind of getting all that kind of engaged but hadn't quite prepared for the conversation so audiences loved it you know don't get me wrong and i i remember i was quite moved by the whole show but ultimately it's the political debate and discussion around it that they didn't they hadn't prepared for or you know and i think that sdc in some respects then looked at long forgotten dreams and that particular play looked at Nakia Louis's work and some of the commissioning of, of her writing, um, and engaging more indigenous writers in the making of work, almost as a response to that. Which you know you've got to see, you got to see each play not in uh, in isolation, but as part of a continuum of kind of history uh, of of making. So, long forgotten dream, almost a very different situation so many Indigenous people in the room, again, almost as a reaction to the Secret River conversation, but interestingly enough, less cultural work done because it was assumed that everyone in the room, number one, were culturally on the same page, not just culturally, Aboriginal cultural way, but also, you know, theatrical kind of art, art art-making kind of cultural way, Um, and that there was less work done because of that. There was a series of assumptions made and therefore when those assumptions were tested as the writer goes blah, you know and after that all came out i think it came out on the thursday or the friday in the newspaper and i sat with neil armfield watching it on the monday monday night going actually i think this place really amazing you know it's great what's the writer talking about but that often um what i think was being played out there and this is my own personal opinion is that the trauma of the writer the trauma from his life um the 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 way he saw his writing and, and needing to almost hold it close to him and control it then played out in this way yeah. mm-hmm. um and it sparked a whole lot of other discussion and, and to the media's um uh credit what they ended up doing too was then focusing not on his issues but the issue of you know, whites blaming or uh, Indigenous control in in writing, et cetera, et cetera. And so, though they they interviewed him once, they then never interviewed him again. Mm. And the conversation spread out, and and in a really positive way, even now, this conversation about the National Indigenous Theatre Company, which has been going on for decades, it's now up on the agenda and being budgeted out, from what I hear. Yeah. So interesting to see. I don't think I
1: answered the question just directly. I'll be brutally honest. <laughs> um, no, but it's. Uh, I think it's kind of what we said at the beginning. I don't know if we're going to walk out of here and go, okay. All of those questions tick. We're all good to go. Like I think mm-hmm. there's going to be an ongoing kind of narrative, and certainly we know that we we're probably going to say, more well, more so, you are going to say things where you might have some responses and some questions. We want to allow that to kind of like sit and and. Fester is such a bad word, but I kind of like it, Um, (laughs) for a while. And then towards the end, we'll open up to the floor and we'll have an opportunity for you to kind of throw things in. Um, Can I I just
2: add something to that last question? If if it's not a perspective you have, how did you gain that perspective? Is the biggest answer. So in terms of stealing Indigenous storytelling or not... If it's not yours, if it's not your lived experience, how did you gain this opinion? How did you gain this perspective to write? Um, And it's interesting um, this is for later on a little bit, but the the whole um, Three Sisters discussion where you go, you know, when you do a play of the Three Sisters, you go, right, what was its context? Where was it written? Who, uh, what was going on in the writer's life at the time, or the social existence? Um, Who did the translation? Where did it come from? why are they talking about oh it's translated in the 70s this was going on in the 70s you do a whole lot of research about that that production of the three sisters but when you come to an indigenous work how do you do that same level of due diligence around the work that's the question like and where do you find it often you can't find it in history books necessarily but there's a point where the perspective that you're expressing let's say in this case as a writer you go how did you come upon that and what gave you the insight and the depth of insight to tell that particular story. And the, my advice to Andrew Pavel, um, this is years ago, was saying, you know, you can only write your side of a story, yeah. so therefore, you know, don't think you, and, and for Secret River, Secret River is not an Aboriginal play. Very clearly not that.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of The Aside. But please do keep listening for the rest of the interview with Wesley Enoch on Indigenous perspectives through drama. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple podcasting app Stitcher, Android podcasting apps, and now Spotify. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and are more than happy to help. Thank you to Drama Victoria for supporting this podcast. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. And of course, thank you for listening.